Hello and welcome to the NCETM podcast. I'm Gwen Trezida from the communications team at NCETM. In this podcast, we are going behind the scenes of the Mastery Readiness Programme, run by the Maths Hub Network. Today, I'm at Springbank Primary School in Headingley, Leeds, with head teacher Sarah Hawes and maths lead Tracy Barua. The school are just completing their year on the Mastery Readiness Programme with the West Yorkshire Maths Hub, having started in September 2018. They're looking forward to next year when they will be joining the main teaching for Mastery Programme with that Maths Hub. I should perhaps say a little bit more about the Mastery Readiness Programme. It was developed in response to a need identified by Maths Hubs in their local areas. They observed that some schools were not in a position to engage with the main teaching for Mastery Programme, or for those that did were not necessarily able to get the full benefit. This was for various reasons, many of which they felt could be overcome if some preparatory groundwork were to be done with the schools. As each school's need was different, the Mastery Readiness Programme was designed to offer bespoke support to get schools ready for adopting Teaching for Mastery. Springbank is a one-form entry school a couple of miles north of Leeds City Centre. We're here to talk to Sarah the Head and Tracy the Maths Lead to find out how Mastery Readiness has been for them. Sarah, would you first of all like to start by telling us um, how long you've been teaching and how long you've been at the school? So this is my 13th year in education and I joined Springbank Primary School as new head teacher in September 2018 um, as my first headship um, and uh, really excited to be part of the team and the journey the school's on. Okay, and how about you Tracy, how long have you been here? Uh, I've been here a really, really long time. Uh, so I've been here for, uh, I think, 24 years. Right. Um, I've seen lots of changes, uh, some great, some not so great. Um, yeah, and so I've been teaching a little bit longer than that. So I think I've been teaching for 27 years. So, yeah, a long time. Right, so we've got two very experienced <laughs> teachers here. Um, so do you want to give us a bit of background about how the school came to join the Mastery Readiness Programme, how you found out about it and, and why it appealed to your school? Okay, so that would be um, obviously when uh, at Christmas two thousand and seventeen, uh, we were inspected and um, basically we went into RI, um, and we I engaged with um, the local education authority and we looked at some of the issues that were that came up around maths, some things that I'd already identified, so we were already planning to uh, look at those in over the year anyway, but obviously it became more important to address them as soon as possible once we'd had the um, offset report and then through working with um, the authority I um, came across somebody that was working with West Yorkshire Maths Hub and they came in for a meeting and we talked about the possibilities um, of working with them and what they had to offer and we looked at lots of different things and then basically um, Kate Henschel who we've been working with got in touch with us and said right this is the thing for you right and let's come and have a chat about it which okay. is what we did and Kate um, Henschel is the mastery she, readiness she, lead she for is the West Yorkshire she is which is our particular group so right. we're her, her guinea pigs as she keeps telling us <laughs> uh, which I'm very happy to be very happy to be so that's kind of how we came about yeah this you know starting it really lovely yeah and was it you that initiated it with Sarah then? No, it was kind. Of, was... It was just me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, this was before Sarah arrived. Yeah, yeah so yeah, basically, yeah. I kind of just emailed Sarah once we knew we'd got that Sarah was in post. Yeah. She got lots of emails saying, "Please sign this. Please sign this. <laughs> this is what I'd really like to do. I feel like it's going to be very beneficial. And yes, it means that two members of staff are going to be out every term. But this is the way forward. So right. she, luckily for me, she didn't take much persuading. Right. No, and I think it, it was really important for me as well, knowing that we had something to fall back on as well because 
one of our areas for improvement was around maths mm. and improving the outcomes, addressing misconception, misconceptions and deepening children's understanding. <clears throat> and through that communication with Tracy, it was just a really natural and obvious project for our right. school to become involved in. And I think... Did you have some experience with Nastri prior yes, to that? Yes, so in my... Um, previous school which is down in Norfolk where I was deputy head um, in 2014 our school started straight away with the new national curriculum and decided to go down the route of mastery straight away as well right. it wasn't a, a smooth journey and I mm. think you know it was very much a school that's still on that road to mastery mm. but having seen the benefit of mastery and not always looking to the next year group because we've got a bright child but actually really deepening a child's understanding within their year group hmm. knowing that that's what Tracy wanted for the school moving forward I think it was too much of an exciting opportunity to to not take up and right. you know I feel really I think it's really empowered the school actually and the children and the staff. Okay do you want to um, talk to me a bit about what the programme involves what's what's the commitment and, and what are mm-hmm. you getting from it? Okay, so um, it was for me to have training each, uh, there's a uh, workshop day each half term, um, that's me and one other teacher. So we looked at um, which other teacher would be suitable and because I teach in Key Stage 2, we chose someone that worked in Key Stage 1, so we'd got a nice balance. So um, the both of us would be out for workshop days each half term. Yeah. Alongside that, it was made very clear that the head needed to be involved in some way because obviously you know that helps with driving things through the school but also then they're not getting everything second hand mm-hmm. that it's a really clear um, message that everybody is getting and we've been really lucky in that um, Sarah's very supportive and has come to as many of the workshops that she possibly could obviously that's not been all of them it's you know logistically it's just not possible mm-hmm. but we we you know there, there has been that engagement from all three of us really um as well as that we were entitled to um half days with kate tenchel who's the the lead uh, so she's been coming in uh, and working alongside us in school um, and that was basically for up to, up to, for us to decide exactly what it was that we felt we needed support with so right. we've used her in a variety of ways yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um, things like she's done she did initially did a learning walk with us and we looked at what we felt were the strengths that we already had that we didn't want to change particularly yeah. that we wanted to work with and develop so we looked at that and actually she came with one of her colleagues as well so we had that kind of breadth of uh, experience mm. breadth of oh well I've worked in these kinds of schools I you know I've seen this and I've seen that so that worked really really well um it's beneficial as well yeah. having the outside point of view yeah. yeah so we were sort of fairly confident with what we thought was working well and what we knew was working well but actually just having two other people who were real experts in the field yeah came and reassured us and said actually yes and identifying the same areas that we thought mm. we needed to develop further so it's that you know we all know what the the job is like and how full on it is and every now and then it's really good to have that sort of confirmation from people that perhaps aren't in your environment all day every day so yeah. that was great but it sounds like it was quite responsive to you as a school definitely it's bespoke it's about actually they're taken to concert and i think that's why the groups are so small but that works incredibly really well, well. Mm. because you've got that you know no one's going to huge workshops and feeling a bit like oh do i really want to say anything you know, it's the same six schools. Every time we go, we've got to know each other. Everyone mm. feels safe. We're all in a similar position. 
and so that really helps you know you you're you it's helpful for you to hear what their stories are and their journeys are and again you know you can bring things your experience as well and that helps them and i think it's also really enlightening uh in that you realize sometimes how incredibly lucky you are yeah, because right. we've been very well supported from from everybody and that's just not the case with some schools. You know, I think they've, they've had maybe more things to do and maybe more quickly. And the expectation has been that it changes immediately. Whereas Kate was really clear from the outset that it's not changing overnight. This is a journey that you need to be yeah. on. And I think that that was made really, really clear. We also got to go into other, other schools, actually. Right. So some of the workshops, were, they weren't always at, they haven't always been at... Um, in Halifax mm. we've been to some of the other schools we as well the, the we Shanghai went so yeah so we went to a school and watched uh, um, some teachers from Shanghai that had come over and we watched and had a chance to discuss things with them so it's been very very right okay so what you know lots of questions from everybody and kind of mm. making it fit to the things so that you want to do. It's worked for us as well I mean I felt very strongly about going to as many of them as I can to support Tracy and Caroline but also for this, the rest of the staff to feel it's not just being done to them. Actually, this is something that we all believe in. But having that headspace out of school and being able to sit down and talk to Tracy and talk to Caroline and think about the nitty gritty of how we want things to move forward and what we want it to look like in our school. And that school's done that. Would that work with us? Mm. Has been amazing. Mm. And it's something that as educators, we don't get enough time yeah. to do. You know, to actually just to get out of the the day-to-day nitty-gritty of being in a school and having that space to say, right, this is what we want to do. And I think those days with Kate have been hugely beneficial. And have you managed to get all your staff on board? You haven't had difficulties with convincing anyone? No, we started off by looking at uh, mindset. Right. Which was kind of, it was a nice way in. So we talked about... um, We talked very briefly to start with about basically what we were doing because obviously we were talking about... this. You know, mastery readiness blah 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 all this up and people are like oh well, what is it so we mm. did a kind of very quick introduction mm. of these are the things we're going to be doing this is what it means for us but this is what it means for you mm. and so they were like oh okay uh, and then we looked at mindset immediately and we talked about the fact that actually you know as a, a, a nation we often say things like oh well, I'm not very good at maths and that's something that we really want to try and stamp out in school um, we've talked to parents about it and so you know the best way to do that was to talk to staff and say right okay so what are our perceptions what do we need to change how we're going to do that so we talked to um um teaching assistants as well within school so all staff have been involved in well what do we want what do we want it to look like how we what's what's the best way forward for us and it was coming up with a sort of set of things as a school we wanted so we have our non-negotiables in maths which was done very much as part of a staff meeting so these are the things that we're looking for when we're teaching maths from from ourselves and from the children as well and i think that's been involving the staff in that has been really positive and i think those about about attitude to yeah, maths yeah, rather than yeah. Yeah. so yeah. things like my um one of the children in my class his favourite is thinking time. Thinking time is valuable. <laughs> so he'll say to you, Well Mrs. thinking time is valuable, but it's it's true. So again it's like um you know making sure that those principles really then they are non negotiables, but they're just principles of good teaching, I think. It's and actually the children are able to go, Oh well, the thinking one is perfect really. And they're embedded from yeah. reception. I mean, for example, you know, I've been in reception classes observing maths where 
the children were given a, a situation problem and the teacher would go, right, it's yo-yo time. And I can remember sitting there, yo-yo time? It's like, you're, you're on, on your, your own. own. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the children know from a very early age that actually that thinking time and that thinking space is fine. And I think the other thing our staff here are very good at is when they ask a child a question, it's not that, come on, I want the immediate response. They give that child thinking time after the question and if it does get to a point where oh, that child really is struggling, actually, do you want to phone a friend? Is there someone you can ask? So children have got used to not having to have the answer yeah. instantly at their fingertips. Right. And that's been and I also very important. It was, a, it's an, it was a way of making it really clear what you actually want right. as a leadership team, but involving everybody in it. Yeah, because you, you were talking be, earlier, weren't you, as well, about involving the the pupils as well yes. so yeah. we have oh, yeah, yeah. our learning ambassadors yeah. um, and we've spent so Tracy's spoken to them I've spoken to them as well so one of the things that's come out of the readiness for mastery was our eight-week project with a focus around problem solving and deepening their understanding within problem solving and after the project I spent time talking to the children about what had that week meant for them what had they got out of it what did they like? What would they do differently? Mm. And I think what was very clear to me, because of our drive on maths and our drive with mastery and deepening understanding, is that the children were very eloquent. They could talk about maths and problem solving and what it meant to be deeper within something. Mm. And their vocabulary and their understanding of vocabulary has, yeah. I think, come on leaps and bounds. And And actually... For me, I think one of the biggest things I've seen that's evident from September is just the sheer enjoyment of children, you know, when they're having those challenges and it's not easy and it's not an instant fix or an instant answer. They just, they really enjoy it and they, they enjoy challenging themselves and pushing themselves and each other and supporting with that. And yeah. I think that's a real buzz with I've the children. I've certainly, this morning, when I was observing in the lessons that notice their vocabulary in a, in a big way they seem very confident to talk about maths yeah, yeah. so we, i mean we did a, one of the very first things we did before we, before we even looked at the project was we worked on that kind of thing so using you know sentence stems and so you get uh, quite often my class in particular obviously you notice it in your own class but they talk without being prompted now i feel like they talk back to me <laughs> using a sentence stem that's not been given. But it, they just use that model all the time. Yeah. So it's that it's quite funny. You know, I mean, I know you'll have seen in the classes this morning that the the language of what do you know, what what can you find out? And so they're given um, you know, a set of information, but not necessarily having that question in front of them. And it allows the children to make those mistakes. And actually, well, actually, I know that that's that which means that has to be that or does it. And, and you can really start to see that thinking process. Yeah. And I think going back to the getting everybody on board, it's, I mean, I, I one of the things I said to Sarah when we first started was, and also to Kate actually, is we've done a lot of work over the years on maths because of the change in the curriculum and all, you know, everything that's happened in the last few years. Um, and I was beginning to worry that, that the staff were just like, oh, here she goes again. <laughs> But because of the way that the um, project works, it's not just you. It's right. not just me doing training. It's other people. So uh, it might be that I might lead part of a, um, a training session with the staff, but then it might be Sarah or it might be Caroline or it's a bit like working with the children. You know, it's very collaborative and people are bringing to it what they have found out on you know it might be that I've posed something before the meeting and then they've come with things already to talk about and I think that that's made 
it has made a difference and I do I think I see very much when we've been walking around and uh, just the level of confidence in teaching has increased perhaps people that maybe were a little bit worried before I, I feel that there's a growing confidence mm, in the yeah. way that they are uh, planning for maths talking for, uh, talking about the maths in, in meetings or just you know when you're chatting generally about things and I think there's much more of a um, a je- yeah a buzz from the children but also from the staff yeah, which I think I you know I can't really ask for much more than no. that <laughs> and also people are coming to me and saying oh I've just thought maybe I could do this what do you think or oh this didn't quite work can I talk to you about why and maybe what I could do next, which wasn't happening before? Right. I think it was really positive as well when we had Kate Henschel in for half a day in the run-up to doing our problem-solving yeah. week. Kate came and spent time with each she, member of yeah. staff to talk through their week's planning yeah. Yeah. and to sort of iron out any niggles or have you thought about that. And I think that was really nice for the staff to have a real expert in her field rather than as you know yeah. being us again you <laughs> know again, actually just that opportunity to share with somebody else who wasn't coming and prejudging or had you know yeah. I you know preconceived yeah. ideas about things I and think I think that's really helpful they've seen her around quite a lot yeah. because of the amount of support that you get mm. they know who she is right it's not just somebody coming from the LEA with a notebook no, it's someone that's been a teacher quite recently is really passionate about what yeah, she was doing in school and out of school and they would be talking about something and she'd be like oh I did that <laughs> yeah. oh let me show you what I did and so there's that immediate I'm talking to a colleague mm. and she wanted to take away things that we'd done you know oh that's brilliant do you mind if I borrow that yeah. to use uh, on this or uh, to do that and I think that shared sort of practice I think is such a sort of empowering thing for staff mm. so it sounds like the collaborative nature of the program has kind of fed into Definitely. how your staff relate to one another yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah and yeah and I think Tracy hit the nail on the head the growing confidence mm. in the staff with maths and how to approach those really sort of tricky problems with children you know those multi-step word problems well, or, or just there. generally yeah. yeah even it's not just about the problem side of it is it's all of it, it all becomes part and parcel yes. but yeah. fully understanding that actually you know you can reason about a calculation mm. you know things like that that people were maybe uncertain about about um tackling the, the tackling now or maybe things like um making a very small amount of work you know last longer by actually knowing how to go deeper mm. thinking about their questioning and thinking about their um the different abilities within their classroom and actually thinking about how those children will work together and i think that that was definitely missing before it was like we'll get the fluency done we'll do that they've done that bit mm. and then without actually using that to reason and to problem solve i think I, I mean i would be quite confident in saying as well that as a staff we understand now what it means to go deeper right. in maths and it's not just about, you know, that, oh, they're very good at that, let's see what is harder or more challenging or a bigger number or, you know, what the old style of looking at, at that challenge in maths. It, the staff collectively, I think, really do understand that actually going deeper is about the reasoning, the explanation, the how can you show this. And, yeah, and I think the children have really embraced that as well, actually. Yeah. They understand it's not just about harder maths and bigger numbers, it's mm. about truly understanding and how that impacts on this and you know what it means to them and where they can take it next really so in terms of your problem solving block that you did was the idea of that to try and 
do problem solving in a block or was it to try and integrate problem solving into so, everything you do? The second, really, yeah. yeah. Right, so yeah, basically what, one of the things that I'd already got on my action plan was looking at problem solving. We'd uh, analysed lots of test data and we're, you know, we're looking at kind of a continual drop-off in the children's basic ability to be able to find their way through problems. They could do the calculating, but they weren't always able to. They, they couldn't model it. They, they, they were really struggling to actually find the answer. Uh, so I'd already got that identified. Offset came in and obviously then said exactly the same thing. Uh, but, you know, they were right. You know, we did have a problem with that. Um, and so we'd obviously talked to Kate quite a lot about it. When Sarah came in, she'd been used to working in an environment where they did very kind of focused um, improvement plans over the space of eight weeks. So I just said, oh, I, I don't mind being a guinea pig. Another mm. guinea pig. I'm guinea pig <laughs> twice this year. Double guinea pig. Very good at being um, a guinea pig. And we just, and so we went for that. And we looked at problem solving because we felt it was it was an area that was quite urgent. It was in an urgent need of uh, looking at what we were doing right, but, uh, but mostly about unearthing the things that maybe we weren't doing quite so well mm. that needed to be developed. And that's kind of how we ended up doing it. Um, and we looked, used the offset report and all the other things that we felt that kind of make um, the objectives within that um, eight weeks. Right. So it's con it start we started before the eight weeks, if you see what I mean, and we've continued after. I think a, a real key as well was um, when I started at the school, one of the things I really wanted to try and do was bring our families and our community into the school more. Mm. Um, so we introduced inviting classes in for our celebration assemblies on Friday and during our eight week uh, action plan, our school improvement plan that we looked at with problem solving, each class within that eight week period when they had their class assembly would have a focus afterwards with the parents on problem solving and maths. Right. So it was really engaging and as Tracy was sort of talking about this earlier was saying that Actually, I think it really sort of shocks some of our parents as to the level of maths that their children are doing at school every day. Because we all know yeah. children don't always come home and tell us <laughs> what they've done. And, oh, I've done nothing today. Um, and, and I think that was great for the parents to see. We did a, a questionnaire with our parents mm. as well to say, all, we gave them six, seven areas of maths. What would you find beneficial in support with and actually one of the big areas that they'd still like further support with problem. was problem solving <laughs> and how to talk to their children about problem solving and so one of the things Tracy and I will look at doing from September is doing some really good focused workshops for our parents yeah. around times so it's kind of the start of not really even the start but it's, it was just part and parcel of what we want to do next so start, it was a start of a process so making sure that all staff you know, knew, knew what we want to get out of it. Well, it, yeah, it's problem solving for these eight weeks, but really it was my focus for the eight weeks. So we might have done lots of training. We went to see a very, very interesting lady from Enrich. Oh, yes. She did a workshop we yeah. went to, which was really, really... She was brilliant. I can't, she was Unfortunately, brilliant. I can't remember her name, but she was fantastic. So we did lots of things like that for staff. And then we had a week, just one week, where um, within the classrooms we expected to see problem-solving skills being explicitly taught. Mm. So, the, you know, it's all very well talking about problem-solving, but like today when Christina was saying, well, what skills do we need? Are we sniffing for patterns? Are we, you know, are we, do we need to explain how we know? All of those skills, those were the things that we needed to make sure were being taught explicitly. Right. And so we did learning walks. We did uh, we invited in the uh, school improvement advisor. Yes, we had our school improvement. So he came and did a learning walk with us when we were um, 
during that week so that he could we could then have again that outside right okay so what do you think are we on the right lines here Clarifying what um, we think we already know. and then basically what at the end of it we talked to the curriculum ambassadors um to see what they thought so there were a variety of things that came out of it which has then informed another action plan right. so when i move yeah. forward it's it's come from a very kind of focused eight weeks for me but not necessarily for all of the staff yeah. i think it's something that we will look at rolling forward again next year so i think we'll probably try and do it is quite an intensive way of looking at school it was. <laughs> so we'll probably do two in an academic year so we'll probably do an english one from september mm. but we may well look at doing another maths one so we're not taking our eye off no you know um, eye off no. that priority because you know we will at some point fall into that offset window but yeah. actually it's not just about that this is about you know really keeping it embedded within our school and giving it that high profile and I think those eight weeks yes they're intensive and, and Tracy worked exceptionally hard during those eight weeks to pull everything together but actually it gives you a, a brilliant basis for okay yeah. that works yeah. but how can we yeah and it, it's the legacy from it yeah. it's not just saying well I've well, done my exactly. eight weeks let's park no. it let's move on so to the next thing it's the legacy we looked evaluated it. it at the end and want you know evaluated with staff and you know like we did the kind of you know post classic post-it note activity <laughs> where right okay so what what do you think went really well and what do we do next so what maybe do we need to think about from your point of view as a class teacher but also then as a school and we'll put all those things together and see where we can move forward from that yeah right okay um can you talk about what you think um well can you talk about pupils and any particular groups of pupils that you think have particularly <laughs> benefited yeah um maybe any that you think would have done better before or whether you think it's okay catering for everybody okay. so um i mean i could talk about my class last year yeah, okay. in particular so i um moved into year three um last september and had a group of children that had come up from key stage one that had lots of gaps um you know they'd had you know extra things like numbers count and they'd been taken out and done this intervention and that intervention and so they were you know they were lacking in you know some basic factual knowledge and some you know, things that they'd not done because they'd been taken out of class things like the classic things really mm. uh, but also their self-confidence was quite low because they felt all the time well I won't be able to do this I won't be able to do this and so the thing that I mean it changed really really quickly was using manipulatives as soon as those children were able to get their hands on any kind of concrete apparatus, you know, they'd got a good secure knowledge of uh, place value, they were able to access the curriculum immediately. And actually, and obviously that helped with their self-confidence. And that we've continued with that, and well, banged on about it, to be honest. I mean, to anyone that will listen, I kept saying, no, no, you really must, it's really important. So that this was prior to what we're doing this year. And that has had a huge impact on the lower ability, if you like, children because they've continued with that. They know that they might not always be able to write a calculation that will solve a problem, but they know there's something that they will be able to help them with, that they are uh, confident enough to say, right, okay, can I, is it okay if I go get uh, some um, base 10, some, um, some place value counters? Can I go and get a fraction wall? Can I go and get, that that's been a big change is that all of those things are freely available also working along not working in ability groups has been 
know, it sounds ridiculous, but quite a revelation in a way because you know I've been teaching for a really long time and we were told, no, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how you do it. These are your higher ability children and they must sit there. And these are your lower ability children and you need to have your teaching assistant with those all the time. Those kinds of things that I think... Some teachers, we you know, easily kind of broke out from and just went right the door shut. I'm just going to do what I want. Uh, and some teachers found that, you know, oh no, I must abide by the rules and continue to do that. And um, I just think it, it's so much better when they're working with a mixed ability um, group. It's not just the low ability children sat together, but maybe partnered with someone that uh, is well, just someone well, that seeing, wasn't, yeah, wasn't in that group. If you like, the best possible, yeah. Outcomes. But they're also getting someone saying to them, oh, right, actually, no, that's a... Ah, yeah. right, I'd not thought about doing that. Oh, right, OK, show me how you did it. Oh, right, well, yeah, that's a really good way to do it. And we've it. also talked about the fact that all children, you know, no, one size does not fit all. No. All children have different skills, different areas of expertise, different understanding. Yeah. You know, you could have a child that really struggles with you know calculations and problem solving but actually is a complete whiz when it comes to time or money mm -hmm. you know and, and they Share bring the those yeah it <laughs> is they bring those skills to the table and and actually those and I think historically when we did do that three-way five-way differentiation you know you're labeling I really do feel it, it labels children and children aren't daft they know when they're not getting the hard but that, work. And that's exactly what they came up thinking. They came up thinking, yeah. this is not for me. Yeah. And now they would never say that. No, absolutely. And, the, and children will still say, yes, I find maths tricky, but I know what to do to help yeah. me. I know who I can and talk I think, to. I know what I can use. And Tracy, the discussion I saw in your classroom yeah. this morning, it, it was a long discussion about one problem. And if they'd all been doing different work, I don't see how that discussion could ever have happened. No. Well, no, it wouldn't have. <laughs> absolutely not. But they were all completely engaged yeah, in it as well. And yeah. I think that speaks volumes about how, you know, children rise to the challenge, you know, regardless of what their deemed ability is to be. Actually, if you give them all an equal opportunity at something, you know, they rise to it and they, they will have a go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, kind of at the other end of the spectrum, if you like, then they're more able children. There's, they're, they're, they're still engaged in what you want them Absolutely. to do. And they're able to share that expertise and they're able to then, you know, there are, there are lots of very subtle ways that you can then extend them. You know, it doesn't have to be a different activity, no. you know, either you know through your questioning or then when children are busy doing whatever you can, you know, there's lots of scope to go and ask children individual questions. And also, I mean, you, you can also stretch those children and deepen them further by saying, right, this child's really finding this tricky and I know you really understand this. Do you think you could go and help them and explain to them mm. what sort of things they need to be looking at? Because you're still, within that, it's another way of that child showing their yeah, understanding yeah. And, and another way of giving them an but opportunity. But I, I also think it sometimes it reveals areas that they haven't really understood. <laughs> mm. They haven't understood. They've got a, a way to get the right answer, but actually from a, a completely understanding why that's not always there. Yeah. And, and I think it's very about, easy as, you know, well, and also as a very pressured teacher, it's easy to go, yeah, they know, they know it. It's fine, they get the answer. But again, I think one, one child in particular in my class has found that quite a challenge to say, other than saying, well, because I know, <laughs> to actually then be pushed to explain why. Because you know previously that hadn't been the case. It was just yeah. lots of ticks in a book. And I think we've all had that experience of as course. teachers of 
realizing that we only fully understand something when we've tried to explain it to yeah, a child. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's a cr- classic, isn't it? Imagine you're telling an alien how to do this. What would you do, or how would you say it? Mm. But yeah, and and I think it's it's certainly opened my eyes to how children learn. And and you know, yes, you do know, but but why? Mm. What is it that's helped you know? Um, like the way it all it, and this this to naturally develop links between things that perhaps yeah. weren't there before as well mm. because you're talking about things and then someone will say oh oh that reminds me of you know it's weird it kind of we've been working on inference in it in in um, reading as well and they they, they link very nicely yeah. together <laughs> weirdly but we were talking about that mm. with our music staff meeting last yeah, night yeah, the links together. between yeah. music and maths and you know if, if we're seeing those as adults actually children are. More like are much more <laughs> yeah. sponge-like than ours and yeah. take things in. So, you know, actually when those children say sometimes, some things that sometimes seem a bit random, actually there's probably a huge amount of logic yeah. behind yeah. what those children yeah. are saying. Yeah. Okay, so looking forward to next year Ooh. and joining the full teaching for mastery yeah. programme, how would you say the school is better prepared? I mean, you've talked a lot about what you've done this year, yeah. but can you, can you put in a nutshell why you're better prepared for joining that than you were? Understanding of what the term mastery and deepening right. means, Okay. you know, for us as teachers and for how children understand that. I think that's been the real key. I don't think we would have been ready for the teaching for mastery. No, I think, I think it's kind readiness of... readiness has been key for us. But I think also, you know, when right from the outset, I think Kate had kind of made it really clear that, you know, we were already partly on that journey yeah. anyway. We weren't starting last September from zero. No. You know, and I think that that is, it just feels very much to me like it's just the next step along the journey. I don't feel like there's going to be a big gap between anything. No. I think I feel confident that actually because all the staff are on board, before because I can see that they are. I can go into any classroom at any point and say, right, no one's slipping back into old habits. Mm. I don't see that. Every time we talk about um, things that need that needed to change, everyone's done it. Or if they haven't known immediately how to do it, then there's been an, an open and honest discussion about it. And that's, I think, been the biggest difference this year is that it's not been someone just coming in and saying, this is what you must do. It's like, right, let's try this, let's try that, right, and now we're ready to move on to the next thing. It's also making it high profile, though, and I think the hardest thing, you know, Tracy and I have found with this is t- is time. Right. You know, <laughs> time that was my next to... question, is <laughs> yeah. what are the challenges? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I mean, no, no, that, that's I think fine. some of the, the, the biggest challenge really has been time. So not the time to, to be released to go on the, the Readiness for Mastery days with Kate. Yeah, because that's fun, um, isn't because it? That's, yeah, yeah and, and that's kind of there in your diary, and, yeah. and we have that. Um, one of the things that we've been wanting to do, really, for most this academic year is some, a lot of um, peer mentoring and observation of each other. And we've been saying, right, we must timetable this. And we have started, but one of the things I'd like the staff to do is go and see Tracy teach a full maths lesson, not just a five or ten minute snippet. Even if it's just to take one little nugget away from that lesson, finding the time when Mm. schools, and, and I know how stretch schools are and budgets, you know, are sometimes non-existent and in deficit and stretch. So that's been a real challenge yeah. and, and will continue to be a challenge for us and other schools, no doubt. But we do feel very strongly that for something to be successful, we have to try and find a way to overcome that challenge yeah, of yeah. time and, mm. and make the time for it. Because 
if we don't commit to it, then actually, as Tracy said, you know, old habits come back and, and things slip back. So I think moving forward, you know, it's just making sure we always find the time. Yeah. And we have done this year. Yeah, We've I been think lucky. because, I mean, it's not just time for us. It's time for It's for yeah. staff, things like Absolutely. resources. So there are lots of things out there, but again, it's you don't want people just to plump for something just because it's there. You know, it's got to be the right kind of resource now people choosing those or not choosing the right resources but then maybe not over relying on the same kinds mm. of things but having that again confidence to branch out and think right okay so I've got that as a model well I'm going to tweak it here and tweak it there or extend it in different ways to maybe obviously there are examples given on um, you know White Rose planning and you know we've got looked at the Gareth Metcalf kinds of ideas he's got some lovely ideas but then using those as their starting point mm. because that requires time as well time mm. to kind of get your head round out okay so what are we asking here and then how am I going to use that every day what am I going to take away from it yeah. and how I'm going to develop my own kind of bank of ideas right so that is that's incredibly time consuming mm. and maybe you know developing your own subject knowledge making sure that everything that you've 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 got everything to underpin all the um you know the concepts that you're teaching i guess you know that's lots of self-study in some yeah. cases <laughs> and that's hugely time that, consuming that, especially the challenge there as a as a primary school teacher when you teach everything yeah and yes maths and english are always high profile in schools because of you know expectations and data and all of that sort of thing but actually we're sort of um you know expected to have a deep knowledge and understanding of every subject we teach and you know that's that is challenging yeah, yeah. you know it's uh, as, and as a head you know, must also have those other subjects as priorities in your yeah absolutely and and, you know especially with the new Ofsted framework coming into play in September which is much more curriculum focused um, you know the wider curriculum so there is a a move away from maths and English and within that (laughs) but within that it's actually well let's still not use focus on maths and English just because actually we're focusing on the wider curriculum you know it swings and roundabouts it's Mm. but I think it is yeah and and Curriculum is, is a real key, but actually so many of these subjects, maths, English, they go across the whole curriculum, yeah. you know, and there's links there to be to be made. And I think that's a really important thing to think about moving forward as well for the school is, mm. yes, the wider curriculum, absolutely, we need to look at that, but it's still, you know, driving this forward. And I think we've had such a successful year with the readiness for mastery that thought of you know embarking on the teaching for mastery is really exciting because i think as a school we're really Mm. really ready for it well they asked if we wanted to (coughs) change groups because obviously geographically we're a long way from the other schools (laughs) but actually but i I didn't want to (laughs) because we've got to know the groups it's not just that but also i have to say you know i keep i keep singing kate's praises but she has been brilliant you know and i think that that she's been very much a driving force in in everything going as well as it has because of her she's approach. engaged with us yeah. so well yeah you I know and, and she has just her passion her enthusiasm yeah. and her enjoyment of being part of that project and i think she probably makes every school that's been involved with it feel yeah. special but yeah. that's a good thing but it really is a good you thing need that. yeah of course you no do. we'd been clobbered <laughs> and nobody likes being clobbered. no and i think you know for me it, you know coming towards 
very scarily the end of my first year of headship. I think the school's in a really exciting place moving forward to the next academic year and they've been on a you know a real journey since the last Ofsted inspection mm. and you know full credit to the sort of real hard work and perseverance of the staff at the school because you know they're not going to let being clobbered defeat yeah. them and they've come back fighting yeah. and I think yeah. it's you know I'm really excited to be part of the school and see what the journey brings as we move forward into our yeah. teaching for mastery so if you're speaking to another head you know heads at this time of year probably thinking about priorities for next year yeah. about staff development and about where to put their time and their budgets and that sort of thing where, what would you say to them about signing up for mastery readiness i think it's I would do it. You know, if you know that it's an area, if you've got a, a math subject lead who's passionate about their subject and is saying to you, this could be really exciting, this is going to be really beneficial for the school, absolutely. I mean, for me, it was a complete and utter no-brainer. I know that sounds in its simplest term and its simplest form, but I have a maths lead who's highly experienced and highly skilled and highly passionate about what she does and what she believes in. And I was very, very happy to go along for the ride and I've loved every minute of it. And I think the benefits to the school have been huge because it's given Tracy the time to spend with experts in that field as well. It's given me the time to be with Tracy and talk about things and what she wants and how we can move that forward. And by doing that, I think it's really brought all of the staff on board. So yes, I think given stretch budgets and all of that, I still think, you know, as heads, we have to make difficult decisions, but actually at the, at the front of everything is, what can we do to make things better for our children and for our staff, mm. actually, and how can we develop things further? So, yeah, I mean, I would say if you've got the opportunity to be part of something like the Readiness for Mastery or Teaching for Mastery, if you're at that point, I would absolutely jump on it. Right. I think it's been a brilliant, brilliant thing for our school and yeah, can't really wait. Quickly. Yeah, it really <laughs> has. But I think both Tracy and I and, and everybody is, you know, we're excited about being part of the, the Teaching for Mastery. Mm. and. I'm really interested to see how that's going to be different and what's it going to involve and yeah, yeah. you know how that how that will impact on us as a school yeah. and just as a head to be able to get out and go to these days and listen to people who are passionate about what they do talk about it it's, it's just it's brilliant you know it makes you realize as a head teacher oh this is why I do this job because you can get very bogged down in the day-to-day -day emails phone calls meetings yeah. and yeah and Tracy's always saying to me, Sarah, go into the classroom, go and do this. And and she's right. And when I do, I, it, it brings it back down. This is, yeah. this is what I'm here for. It's why yeah, I do yeah. the job. Hmm. Well, thank you both very much. It's been really interesting Pleasure. hearing your enthusiasm and, and quite infectious, <laughs> I have to say. Um, any, any teachers interested in uh, signing up for Mastery Readiness should contact their local maths hub. Each maths hub does have a Mastery Readiness lead hopefully equally as good as Kate Henshaw <laughs> <laughs> and um, you can find your local maths hub by googling find your maths hub and then putting your postcode into our new page which will find your maths hub for you thank you for listening <laughs>